Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. This week, I have my friend waiting to come on the air, Abby. She's a friend, she's a client, and this is really special. So on this show, we have client stories and my story of all different testimonies. And a lot of times you're going to hear where people are on the other side. But today, this young lady, she gets raw, vulnerable, and real with us where she's at in the middle of her healing journey and the hope and the message she gives us here at the end of the show together is a gift. You are going to love her story. You're going to find a part of you and what you've been going through just as a human being, even if you don't have chronic illness in this message. So stay to the end. You're going to find inspiration and just what it's like to be a human on this earth with Abby. So can't wait. Hope you enjoy. one of the most powerful things I think I've ever experienced. Um, Basically, I met a relative that I hadn't, they died when I was about six months old. So I didn't know them. I walked with them and I released things that I realized I had been storing probably my entire life. And I learned that things were kind of generational Mm-hmm. Um, and it just lifted so much weight off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say it was very life changing. Yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. This is episode 18, and I am so excited to introduce you to my friend and client, Abby. She has an amazing story about living and healing chronic illness. She's inspiring. She's taken her illness into her own hands, and her journey is incredible. So without further ado, I want to introduce my friend, Abby. So welcome, Abby. I'm so glad that you're here today. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi there. Yes, sure thing. Um, So I live in the Kansas City area with my husband and my two dogs. Um, I'm an audiologist, so I diagnose and treat hearing loss and balance disorders, um, if you guys don't know what that is. (laughs) And then my Enneagram is type nine, so I'm like a peacemaker. I like to find joy and create harmony. Um, And then in my free time, I like to go hiking, do yoga, cooking, and spend quality time with others. Your yoga career is impressive to watch. I've had the pleasure of having Abby in class and she's like, you've just like encompassed this yogi energy to you. And I would say it's probably been a big part of your healing journey as well. It has. And I feel like I can really truly be myself with yoga and I don't feel that very often, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Chronic illness can, can make us feel like we're not our true self at all times. So we know that, you know, I've introduced you with chronic illness and that's not who you are, but that's a journey that you've been through. What is chronic illness to you and what has it been like? So yeah, ask me the same question two years ago and I'd be like, what? I'm the healthiest person ever. Um, (laughs) So chronic illness is a condition or undiagnosed symptoms that don't have a quote unquote medical cure. Mm -hmm. So they require ongoing medical attention. Um, They're kind of lifelong, if you will. 
and they limit activities of daily living. Um, so I actually looked up how common it was. Almost 60% of adults in America have some type of chronic illness, which is kind of mind boggling. But um, some examples are autoimmune disease, MS, diabetes, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, Lyme disease, and heart disease. With that 60%, would you say, and maybe you would have a different response now than you would have a couple of years ago, would you say that it's genetic or it's a multifactorial consequence of the world we're living in? I, um, right, well, now I would say it's multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe five years ago, I would think it was more genetic just because that's what we're taught, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we're taught. And Abby is one smart cookie. She's been through a doctorate program while healing chronic illness, while managing all of her symptoms, and she's still here. And her story is so inspiring. So you reached out. Well, I think we were just talking. I don't remember. Nonetheless, you were like, I want to share my story. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Because working with you and seeing your transformation, I'm like, there are so many men and women who, who need to hear it from someone else, who need to hear your voice and understand your testimony. So why do you feel called to share your story today? And why did you want to come on the show? Yeah. Um, I'm usually shy. So this is, I guess, big for me um, (laughs) to share something so personal, but I feel called, um, I'd like to share my story for the purpose of educating others. Um, so I want to help people that are sick, kind of take control of their mindset and learn to experience freedom and joy because you feel like that has been taken away when you get sick like this. Yes. And it's like, I don't know if it was like this for you, Abby, but when I was going through a chronic illness, I just blamed myself. Um, I was like, well, it's just my body's broken and something's wrong with me. And that put me in the place of not understanding that I could heal and not believing there was health and vitality for me on the other side. Yes. Um, you know, you grieve your own self and then you get kind of in this dark tunnel that, um, you're told there's no cure mm-hmm. and so you start to give up. But. What do you, why do you think that's the rhetoric in modern medicine of like, there is no cure and there's nothing we can do. And it's just what you need to go through. That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> you can say uh, that's a hard one. Yeah. I think if there isn't an answer that's definite, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it can be given up on, I guess, or looked over. It's the healing journey. It's, it's not black or white from my understanding of your experience. There are some days you feel white and light and bright and happy. And there's some days it's like dark again and it's hard, but little bit by little bit, it's getting better. Definitely. It's definitely getting better. I feel different in my body. Even if I'm having a bad day, it's not as bad of a day as it was a year ago. So it's little by little. Amazing. Well, if as much as you want to share, what has it been like living with chronic illness and what is your specific conditions? What have they been like? Take us on a journey into your experience. Yeah. So it's kind of a crazy journey. Yeah. (laughs) I've had Crohn's for a little over a year, maybe like a year and four months. Um, I didn't know what Crohn's was before I had it. So I'll tell you all what it is. Crohn's is a type of inflammatory bowel disease that causes inflammation of the digestive tract from your mouth to your booty hole. It doesn't matter (laughs) where in there. (laughs) It can cause things like severe abdominal pain, diarrhea, malnutrition, bowel obstruction, fistulas, and ulcers. Um, The cause is not completely known. Um, I think it's a combination of different things in your life, um, like your environment, your stress, your genetics, and then your autoimmune reactions and the health of your body. Mm -hmm. And you talk a lot about, I think we'll get into this about strep and Epstein-Barr in your life and having all these different pathogen loads that can creep up on you. Yeah. And I, I guess I never thought of myself. I thought it was like a you know, horse, just, I could keep working and keep going <laughs> yeah. down, but I was proven wrong. <laughs> um, so the bacteria in your digestive system, it can mistakenly trigger your immune system. So when this happens, it can get into your bloodstream and that's kind of when it spreads all over the body. Um, so it can include eye problems, fatigue, joint pain, skin rash, 
hair loss, fever, loss of appetite and anemia. And I've had all these things. Mm-hmm. You've had a, you've had an intense symptom load. I'd say out of all the clients that I've seen, you've, you've had it just like cream of the crop as far as, as hard as it gets. Yeah. And it's, it's all been in a year. So it's like, it's all happened really fast, I guess. But. And you had other autoimmune conditions previous to Crohn's. Yeah. Yeah. When um, did it all start so, for you? Like you were young, right? I was. Um, so thinking back, I would say my story starts in about second grade. I remember getting mono. And at the time I was in like piano, gymnastics, soccer, basketball, all these activities. And I'm not sure where I got it, but I do remember I had to sit out of PE for a long time and I was tired all the time. Um, I would get out of breath from walking up the stairs even. Um, it got better, but I felt like after that, after getting sick, I wasn't a, as unafraid of the world. Like I was more nervous or more cautious mm-hmm. with things. Um, and then kind of after that, I used to get strep every year all up until through high school even. Wow. So, and it was like normal. It's like, oh, and it's better. Bar or mono and strep, they're cofactors. So for those who are listening, they're like, wow, I really noticed, like my, I talked about in my story episode one, my mom was like, you are not the same person after you had mono. And it's, there is evidence that has recently come out to show herpetic family viruses like Epstein-Barr, like Cytomega, and it, they are really a precursor to autoimmune. And there's definitely a correlation we're still trying to figure out the causation. I personally don't think viruses, if that would mean that everyone who's ever had mono would have autoimmune disease. But like Abby said, it's your environment, it's your stress, it's what you've been through. It's all these different factors, your diet. And then also your sensitivity as a human and your nervous system and your the way that our bodies are these vessels and channels for energy. Those who have autoimmune and Abby, you can attest to this, are the most sensitive, in tune, empathetic highly, highly intuitive. And I, I don't even know if I, if there's like a word in the English language for us, but I just think of us as big antennas. Yeah. <laughs> like they- I, I can definitely feel other people's emotions and then it comes into my body. I know that sounds weird, but it like, I feel their emotion mm-hmm. and then I store it. And then this happens to all these people and I just feel overwhelmed sometimes. So you've been doing that your whole life. Yeah. And so we know that you're no stranger to getting stuff done. You you've told me you describe yourself as a type A perfectionist. Like, and one thing that I like to, especially with Hashimoto's, and I know that's in your diagnosis history is I tell all I've had Hashimoto's. I tell all the men and women that get the diagnosis. I'm like, you wouldn't have Hashimoto's if you didn't have a perfectionist gene that pushed you past what your body was you pushed past what your body was able and willing to do. And that serves us sometimes and it doesn't. So what has that been like having a body that's like breaking down and then you have this like will and this drive to just keep going? Yeah. Um, I guess it's just, yeah, like you said, part of who I am. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Even up when I started having symptoms of Crohn's, I was like, I could barely walk, but I was still going to work. I drove myself to the ER somehow. It just, I don't have a stopping point, I guess. I didn't before I got sick, I guess. So you told me something before you said you were consumed. Like, what does that mean for you? Yeah. Like I was raised and I, I guess I grew up living in a culture where being busy, getting straight A's, getting you know, a prize at gymnastics, whatever, it meant you were successful. So trying to balance that with like school, sports, work, and then your social life, um, it just doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. Did chronic illness stop it for you for a period of time? Yeah. um, So around, I'll start in like 2019. So like four years ago, I just started, I was in school and I was so like anxious all the time and I wasn't sleeping very well. Um, I went to the doctor and I had a family history of thyroid disease. So I was like, can we check my thyroid too? Um, But I was diagnosed with anxiety and Hashimoto's in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And so like 
I guess my worst fear came true in the world, something out of my control, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I know like all the type A people understand, but I lived, I lived for control, like controlling my environment. And so when I had lost control of everything, I felt like worthless. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I was just graduating in 2020 and I was like in the process of filing for unemployment, thinking I wouldn't get a job. After you completed your doctorate. Right, graduation uh, was canceled. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And then um, we had our ceremony over Skype over the summer. And it was just, that was the first Skype thing for me. And then now we do everything in Skype. So it's just, um, everything was like, what? <laughs> um, I ended up with the job I wanted, but I felt like I kept being sucked in and sucked in more to the hustle culture. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like my self-worth was tied to how much I achieved or performed. And I was never good enough for myself. It didn't matter what other people thought, but I was never good enough for myself. And I kept raising my internal bar. And if I did it better, faster, more effectively, um, I just kept trying to do more and more until I couldn't. When did you notice this about yourself? Like, or when you might've like felt it, but when did it hit you that like, oh, wow, this energy driving me is, is adding to my physical symptoms? It was, so I was diagnosed with Crohn's in late 2021, like December. I would say it was February or March of 2022. So it took maybe three months of after being diagnosed mm -hmm. that, I was like, maybe this is partly my, my thoughts, not my, it's something I can change, something I can help where everything else was, oh, this is permanent. Oh, that's, that is so helpful. I feel like I'm going to repeat what she said. She was noticing this energy driving her and she was like, wait a minute, this is something that I think that I could heal or adjust within myself that is contributing to physical symptoms. What, what, what were those early symptoms like early 2021 that you started to notice that spiraled out of control and led you here? Yeah. So it actually started in my mouth, which is not very common. Um, I had sores under my tongue. My lips were swollen and cracked. I couldn't smile without mm -hmm. like my mouth burning on the sides and just radiating down my face. Um, I ignored it. <laughs> was classic um, autoimmune women fashion the same I was like it's fine I was just keep going it'll go away if I it'll go away then it got worse I work at an ENT office so I pulled one of the ENTs aside and I'm like can you look in my mouth um they're like uh it looks autoimmune so I got tested for um I don't remember what I didn't have it but it was autoimmune yeah um, and I was starting to have loose stools and I thought it was all stress. Mm. Um, so I was like, that's fine. There's no connection. Yeah. In July, I had my first accident at work. Mm. What so kind of accident? I pooped myself Ugh. in front of a patient and oh. I excused myself to the bathroom, threw my underwear away. And I was like, where do I hide this? So yeah. I just like put it under the like napkins in the trash. Yeah. Went back to work, worked the rest of the day. Well, mm. and so I don't know, but I was fine. And when you got home, you're like, well, that was just, that was just a one-time thing. It'll be fine. Not a one-time thing in case you're wondering. <laughs> um, I started, so that was like over the summer when that happened. And then October, November of 2021, I started to have white spots in my poop. Mm. Uh, started out just a little bit but then it was like ribbony and all in there then it started having blood mm. so i told my primary care um and i got some stool tests okay. were they like shocked or just like yeah you're fine um they're like oh blood's weird maybe it's a bacterial infection so they ordered a bunch of blood tests and stools um at the time I wasn't having any other symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like I, I could still eat and things like that. Yeah. Um, I did a bunch of tests. My calprotectin came back positive. That mm -hmm. was the only thing other than the blood in the stool test. 
it was high and what is it it was almost 3000 micrograms per gram um normal levels are 10 to 50 and so a high calprotectin in your stool it points to either intestinal inflammation or inflammatory bowel disease mm-hmm. or a bacterial gi infection was that like validating to get some sort of diagnosis or lab test that was like oh yeah, yeah something going on 100% and i was like okay we know what it is i can get treatment i'll get better so what happened with yeah this- and I, in my mind i was like okay it'll be like a week or two and then it'll go away <laughs> <laughs> I started um, like prednisone, high dose, pre- high dose steroids, mm-hmm. and they referred me to a GI to have a colonoscopy. Um, I called the GI, wait time was two months to get in, and then I'd have to see the provider and then schedule a colonoscopy. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, colonoscopy is how I get cured from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while I was waiting over the next two or three weeks, I completely lost my appetite couldn't drink without getting sick. I couldn't drink water even. Um, I was going to the bathroom over 20 times a day. When you say like without getting sick, were you vomiting? Was it coming out the other end, both? It would come out within five to 15 minutes of me eating. Um, I did start to vomit at the the few days leading up to the hospital, but Mm -hmm. if I put anything in my body, it was like rejecting it. Wow. I lost 10 pounds in one week, um, but I looked six months pregnant. So all of me was getting smaller, but my stomach was getting way bigger. So it was just like swollen. Yeah. Were you scared? Um, yeah, I was, but I kept going to work. <laughs> During all this, I was still going to work. I was bending down to look into a patient's ear and I like saw stars and passed out for a second Mm. and I was like this is the day I should call my primary care and see like the the steroids aren't working what do I do next and so I called her she's like you need to go to the ER right now (laughs) and so I drove myself to the ER I shouldn't have been driving I had a five-day hospital stay um I was on IV steroids fluids and a liquid diet and I wasn't even hungry for any of this like I could not really eat. Yeah. Um, I got a colonoscopy in the hospital and they diagnosed me with Crohn's and it was a two minute or less conversation with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I would start medicine to make my symptoms lessen, but eventually I would have to get surgery when the disease progressed and remove part of my intestine. So the medicine um, doesn't make it better, but it prolongs the need for surgery and possibly a bag, you know? Yeah. Like a, like a, yeah. Like a colostomy. Yeah. And um, I remember like trying to process all this, but I was like, if it's with my digestion, what foods can I eat? It has Mm. to play a huge role. So I asked for a dietitian, which wouldn't have been automatic if I hadn't asked for one which I think is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like criminal. The criminal is just here. Take these drugs, get on these injections, come back. We'll cut you open, cut you out. You'll be fine. Have a good life. How and it was like a hassle for them. Like they, it was weird. But anyway, the dietitian recommended Ensure drinks to make sure I get my calories. Um, and like looking at the ingredients now, I would never have an Ensure. But um, then I was like, okay, whatever you say, dietitian, I trust you. What do you think in, in the insure drinks nowadays would create some an easiness in your GI tract? Yeah. So if you look at the label, it's probably over 20 ingredients. It's like 50% of your sugar. Um, and just there's probably dairy and possibly gluten in there. But and you found those two things don't go over well with you with Crohn's. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah there's definitely safe foods and then foods I can't eat, but um, what happens when you eat those other foods? Yeah. So meats included too. Meats are probably one of the biggest ones, but I just, I automatically feel it. I can like feel it digesting, digesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get diarrhea and I, it can last for a few days. I wake up and 
everything's, my joints are sore. It's hard to walk. I feel weak. I have brain fog and I have blurry vision too sometimes. Here's what, this has not been completely studied and this is Jen talking more than just the research, but in clinical practice, what I've seen, those who have the most sensitivities to gluten, dairy, corn, wheat, the meat, like I'm not fully convinced. I personally don't like a lot of meat, hardly any. The more healed I get, the more my body doesn't want it. There are people and other practitioners on the internet who would like burn this podcast at a stake if they could for me saying that, not a S-T-E-A-K, but a S-T-A-K-E, pun unintended. But so like everyone's different, but those who are so sensitive and so in tune and like Abby was saying, like I'm always feeling other energies in my body, that animal, two things, ate a lot of corn, probably ate a lot of wheat. Who knows, especially if it was pork, it was eating dairy, other dead animals, like all the things. Pork is very unclean animal. Even our cleanest wild caught fishes and our organic grass fed animals, they one, aren't having clean diets. And two, because of the the land and, and the oceans right now. And two, we are oftentimes, and this is what I have found, Abby is like, when I eat that animal, that night I'm having like dreams, like I'm processing the energy they felt at the time of death. And most of the time, even if it was just a split second, it was, they didn't feel good when they were going out. So I don't know what it's been like for you. And I, I digress on this. I want to, your story is so good. And I want to bring us back to that moment when you were in the hospital, you finally got your colonoscopy. Like you didn't have to wait three, four months. You're like, all right, thanks universe for the stars and the passing out. And, you know, (laughs) the pooping in my underwear, that was that thing for the gift. That was great. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Dietitian was like, just drinking. Sure. I mean, how are you feeling? I felt like it was my fault somehow. I felt defeated. Like I had caused this something I did cause this. Um, and then just as I got home from the hospital, I started to notice this was my whole body, not just my stomach where the issues would be. So I now had secondary to Crohn's arthritis, mostly my hips and my knees, Mm -hmm. reflux, um, eye issues. um, And I I was having a lot of abdominal issues too. So I didn't have an appetite. I would wake up with nausea, sometimes throw up. I'd be nauseous until 12 or one. Were you drinking the intro? Yeah, I would. So I would go to work, have water and then drink insure like and one bottle of Ensure, it would take me like four or five hours to drink because I I just couldn't do much at one time at that time. So did you feel the inflammation in your GI lining, like from mouth to anus? Could you could just like feel it? It was more below my ribs. Mm. So nothing above my ribs I could really feel, but it was like, I don't know what pregnancy feels like, but it was like bursting. I'm going to burst open is what I felt like. Mostly in your small intestine. It was all the way down. So down. Yeah. It's the lining in your gut is like the lining in your mouth for those listening, you know this happy, but and it's like it's so tender and sensitive and something's irritated. It takes a while to get it uninflamed. Yeah. Um, it was not happy. <laughs> yeah. So um, you got the diagnosis. What did you think would happen? I thought I would take a medicine and feel better. And my Crohn's would go away. I didn't realize how um, I was told it was lifelong, but I I don't think I accepted it at first. Yeah. Um, it was hard. I didn't want to change anything in my life because if I did that, then my illness was winning or my sickness. Um, so mm-hmm. I didn't want to say, now I'm gluten-free because I have Crohn's. Now I don't run 5Ks because I have Crohn's. So I wanted to be in charge. So I just ignored it still. And, and did people under around you, like your fr- friends and family who absolutely love you, adore you and were supportive, did they understand? Like, were they like, ah, what do I do with you? Um, I think most did a really good job actually. Really? Yeah. What was that like? I guess I will talk about my husband, but I feel, I felt like actually getting sick made our connection so much deeper than it ever could have been. Um, I don't know. I guess he's, cause he's seeing me for different parts of me now. 
that I hadn't thought of before. Um, I feel like it can either ruin a relationship or strengthen it. Yeah, and for sure. It strengthened most of my relationships. So I'm really thankful for that. I have a similar bone as you, Abby, and I've been in a relationship that didn't last for many reasons, chronic illness being one of them. And I'm engaged to my fiance now who it's, I can relate to that when I like get knocked down, even if it's just like a cold or I'm not feeling well, or, you know, I'm in a really good place with my chronic illness, like, because it slows us down and softens us as high achievers. I think men are like, I like that. Like she's, yeah. she's completely in her feminine surrendered and needs help. Perfect. I'll step in. I'm so glad that was your experience. And thank you for offering both for those men and women who, like you said, it's can do either thing in a relationship. It's a trying time. And I would say your true color show. Yeah, that's, that's true. So then you started prednisone, you were on the prednisone and then they, from the hospital, they booted you out. I'm sure they didn't let you stay long. And then what was their, their protocol for you? So, um, since my insurance preferred Humira, that's what I started with. (laughs) (laughs) Insurance. Yeah. Thanks insurance. Um, so it was injections every two weeks. Um, I was open with my diagnosis, my friends, family, coworkers, I'm pretty close with everyone. And they all knew something was going on. So I was like texting them from the hospital. Um, so at the time I was just trying to do what the dietitian had recommended at the hospital. So I ate what I could. I mostly drank Ensure and Soylent shakes because it gave me more calories and less side effects than the solid food. Um, I found Soylent myself. It had, it has more calories and it's supposed to be healthier, but it has a bunch of soy in it. Um, so I was like, if I can get one of those down, that's almost 500 calories. So then did you do better with it? Yes, I did. Um, and you sought it out <laughs> crazy. I sought it out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but even, you know, doing all that, I was still nauseous all the time. I would have pain and diarrhea after eating. And it felt like someone taking a stand mixer to your intestines, just like twisting and moving like, and it feels like it's on fire. Yeah. So, um, I researched. So at this point, I'm like, maybe I can change something with my diet, even if everyone says there's nothing I can do. So I looked at all these different diets online. Um, I tried the specific carbohydrate diet, the low FODMAP diet, paleo, gluten-free, adding in resistant starches, which I, that one's good, and the Mediterranean diet. Um, But also I was getting all this conflicting information. So the more I researched, I felt like I'd become more confused. Um, It didn't matter what I ate. I was gonna be sick either way. That was my mindset. Just like, why are they, these two diets are the opposite of each other. Why are they recommending both for Crohn's, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then last July, 2022, I had a really bad flare. Um, So I was in the hospital for four days. And at this point I was on prednisone. I had been on prednisone for almost six months straight in some capacity, like high doses. Yeah. Um, and in the hospital, I was on IV steroids. So I, I was in the hospital for four days. I got home, went to bed, woke up, and I couldn't see my phone. Um, even on the highest, largest text, I couldn't see my phone. Um, so I freaked out. I had an ophthalmologist I went to that they worked me in with. Um, the steroids I took gave me multiple tears and holes in my retinas that would require surgery in both eyes. Um, yeah. It's called central serous neuropathy. Um, and I had three different eye surgeries from August to September. Most of my vision is back, but now I wear basically bifocals and I didn't before. <laughs> um, so I've, I've gained most of it back, but I definitely have to be checked very frequently for my eyes now. Um, and then in September and October, 2022. And that was from the prednisone. Yes, the prednisone. So mm-hmm. prednisone builds up the pressure in your eyes and your eyes have fluid in them. And so when the fluid, when the pressure gets so high, the fluid bursts and that's how I got the holes. Um, And then I started having new symptoms and around like around October, 2022, Um, this was different than Crohn's. It was whole body muscle pain and weakness. 
I had trouble standing long enough to even take a shower, like not more than a minute or two. Um, it was hard to go up or down the stairs. Um, I had a hard time brushing my hair or even getting dressed. I developed a face rash under my eyes and started to have pain, like stabbing pain under the right side of my ribs when I was breathing. Like if I would take a deep breath, it was worse. Mm -hmm. um, I went to the GI who sent me to my rheumatologist and I was diagnosed with medication induced lupus. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like you were having all these problems and then they gave you medication and the shakes and you're like, and now I'm having even more problems. What in the heck? Yeah. And then, um, at, well, before I got diagnosed, they're like, either you also have lupus or it's medication induced lupus, but they acted like that wasn't a big, like it wasn't that. And then when it came back, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I stopped taking Humira and my symptoms went away. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so they went away within a month of me stopping Humira. Um, so no lupus, we're fine. So then I started Skyrizi infusions. Um, so basically the difference between the two medicines, um, Humira is a TNL, TNF alpha blocker. Mm -hmm. So it's a type of protein. That's how it works. So any medicine that I took with a TNF blocker yeah. would give me medication induced lupus. So that takes a whole like group of drugs off the table. Yeah. And so next was the interleukin 23, which I think it um, blocks some things in your lymph nodes mm -hmm. to keep um, to keep inflammation low. So um, that's when I started SkyRizzy. And yeah. so I've had three infusions and I'm still on SkyRizzy today. And with the infusions, I want to offer those listening. They are... Abby, as you know, when you need them, they can really change how you're feeling and, and to help you to alleviate symptoms. And for those, everyone has a different goal in their healing journey. Some people like a little bit of integrative, they want to do all the nutrition and the energy healing and let their medication support them. They want to do all medication and no nutrition or all nutrition, no medication. You have to find what you feel is resonating in alignment with you and the infusions, as Abby was saying, like everyone has a different chemical pathway that's going to work best for them. And they're also really hard to come off of for various reasons and how they work with the immune system. So, and that is a personal goal and Abby, you're welcome to comment on it or not comment on it. And I'm curious now because I, I following your journey, I'm like, I think we meet here pretty soon. Like, what did you when was your point where you're like, all right, I'm going to seek some help and healing in a different system? Yeah. Um, I just, I guess I never had thought about anything but Western medicine mm -hmm. because that's how I grew up and how I was taught in school. And then with audiology school, it's just how my mind worked naturally. And I was like, what? That's a bunch of kooky stuff. I would never do that. Mm -hmm. But then I got to a low point mm -hmm. and I was like, I will do anything. I will shave my head. I will <laughs> sell one of my legs. Like I will do anything to feel better. And so I got desperate and I started Google searching. Um, and at this point, that's kind of when I found you. Um, I just liked, Thanks, your, Google. I liked your website. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I love that. Yeah. Um, and so it was my birthday gift to myself. So I started working with her on my birthday last November, November 3rd. I remember that. I, I didn't know you yet, but I was like, I have a really good feeling about this gal. So I swing by Enjoy Pure Food in the KC area. And I was like, I got to get her a gift. And I think I got you like a juice and a brownie or something. I don't remember what it was. But I was I was like, like, it was my birthday. <laughs> like it was well, cool. <laughs> and I was like, well, on her birthday, I'm going to tell her she probably shouldn't be eating cake. So I better give her something to replace it. <laughs> well, it was really it? good. Yeah. It was good. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I'm interrupting the podcast real quick for an overshare moment. I hope you don't mind a little bit of TMI. So up until several months ago, I didn't wash my face. I know it's gross. A little infrared sauna, a little shower water is what my skincare regimen consisted of. 
I was sick and tired of all these quote unquote clean beauty line lies. Products claiming to be clean, yet my skin always knew the difference and showed the irritation. Then on a whim, I met Kathy and Jamie, the angel owners of Free Girl Skincare. I admittedly told them my little secret and they decided to help me out. And ever since then, I wash my face two times a day, baby steps, right? With the kind hearted cleansing milk, the faithful anti-acne serum, and their vitamin C moisturizer that works miracles. They even have an anti-wrinkle eye cream I love for those little crow's feet starting to show up in my early 30s. And this gel mask that you can sleep with on your face, and I love it. I've noticed brighter skin, less fine lines, and I can wear makeup more because the makeup actually comes off my face now. I know, shocker. I want this for you too. And I want you to ditch those toxic products, making your skin sick. So head over to freegirlskincare.com and enter the code LOVEGEN, L-O-V-E-J-E-N, 1515 for 15% off your purchase. Yeah, so like when I met you, Truly, I felt like I already knew you. Mm. And I have that with some people, not very many, but I was like, I just feel something. Um, I just felt like you could actually help me like get to what's actually going on. Yeah. So I did her symptomless program and her energy healing program. Um, and I feel like almost half my life that I didn't know was there has been opened. So like in my mind, there's these doors opening that I, they were locked for my whole life. So I feel like things are unlocking so I can see clearly now just my whole life. I don't know. Your reflections in your Abby would send for all clients is it's not a standard, but I'm just letting you know what, why I admire Abby so much is I would say, you know, here's, we're going to do a North Star vision. We're going to do this. Here's some like additional reflections that, you know, some journal prompts you might consider. And this gal, she's amazing. She would send me these beautiful constructed Google documents with really deep insights. And like, Abby, I could see the lights come on. I could see the wheels turning. And that is, in my opinion, the best practitioner. So for anyone who's seeking a practitioner, you have one, it's someone who they're not healing you. They're just holding the space and showing you the light in you. And Abby, you were like, oh shoot, I do got some light going on in there. I I'm you started to take your authority and stand up and stand out and be like, I'm going to change this for myself. That's what I saw. What were yeah. what was your experience? Yeah. It was like a freedom that I didn't even know was there before. So I wouldn't have sought after it. So it's like opening these things in my mind. Um, it's definitely a practice. You have to practice it every day, but it works. So, and you're living proof. So yeah. tell me about your healing progress that can inspire others. Yeah. Um, so I changed a lot about my life. The big part, well, there's two parts. <laughs> the first part was my diet. Um, so that was the easiest part for me. Um, I'm eating a lot of fruits and cooked vegetables now before, like where before I was eating mostly protein shakes and like rice and pasta. Do you feel um, better? Most days, yes. Yeah. Every day is different, but my bad days are not as bad as they were and my good days are better than they were before. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely coming up. Yeah. Um, so I would say now I'm about like 90% vegan. So I'm dairy-free, gluten-free. I try to be free of additives as much as I can. Yeah. Um, I can tolerate small amounts of fish and chicken if it's like cooked really well. And That's kind of a win. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> so... So that's good. I drink a lot of fresh juice, smoothies. I really like like pureed vegetable soups, like squashes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, bananas, oatmeal, cooked potatoes. I love potatoes. <laughs> Are the, do you like this way of eating better than the shakes, the insure and the soy? Oh, yeah. And it just, um, I guess once you start eating it, that's what you crave. So yeah. now I crave those things. So yeah, I just, and I feel lighter and like brighter, I guess. And I think you highlight this dichotomy of we're all different in our healing journey. Um, I was more like you and there's actually the exact opposite, but for some people it's like the nutrition is the hardest part. And I want you to talk about your hardest part. 
Um, but for, I can resonate with your journey and for you, Abby, what you've described is like after the first week you had gone through the symptomless course on your own, you'd read through the guides. I had coached you and helped you make tweaks according to your individualized protocol. And then like you had the food down. I think it literally was like a week or two. And I was like, okay, that was easy. And for some people that can take us weeks, months, years, then that's okay. What was the hardest part for you though? Um, so the hardest part, but in my opinion, the most rewarding part is the energy and mindset work. Um, and I think this has already become a lifelong journey for me. So I'm, I'm doing it daily. I'm practicing. Um, there are little decisions and reminders that help me like strengthen my mind and look inward in a different way than I ever have. Yeah. So the easy part for you is the food. Sounds like you're liking it better than the shakes, yeah. but this like this emotional, this inner work, this like slowing down to get still with like, what's in us. Like that's, that's hard. It's hard. I don't want to see that side. You know, it's like, let's just leave it in there. <laughs> and I can, it's, it is the hardest part. And I was talking about, um, my Instagram the other day on a live we did I said that you know sometimes people don't want to get better and it's not the food it's just like a it's easier at times to wallow and b because it's heavy and it's a lot of work to get up out of that mud and then b to look at ourselves and be like you highlight this dichotomy so well of like I thought it was my fault and it's not your fault it was never your fault but it's now your responsibility yeah and how am I going to react yeah. Now in the future. Yeah. Uh, why is that? So what I'm, I'm thankful for this whole experience. I'd rather get sick if it meant I could open my mind like this. Oh my gosh. You're that is so, that is like the best medicine. And I, Abby, I love your journey. And one of the best things about this podcast that I want others to hear is you're like, yeah, I'm healing. I'm not all the way there. Cause there will be, there are, and we'll be guests on the show who are like, well, it was a different lifetime ago, but you're like, I'm getting there and I wouldn't trade it. And yeah. that's the most beautiful thing. I feel the same way about my chronic illness. Like I definitely can't eat what I did. Um, like when I was growing up and, and feel the same, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. So, okay. So for those who are listening and they have Crohn's or they know someone with Crohn's or chronic illness, but they're like super intrigued about how their symptoms might mirror yours. What seems to trigger Crohn's and is at the root of the condition in your opinion? Sure. Um, They can be um, triggered by a lot of things, but the biggest things are probably trauma and stress. And so for me, it's stress. Um, I stress about too much. We already know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A concept at the center of Jen's program is like your body gives you signs. If you ignore it, it'll become bigger signs. It'll become bigger symptoms. Mm-hmm. Your body's always talking to you. And I like feel that and hear that so loud. <laughs> you need to learn how to listen to your body. Um, she says symptoms are a blessing. And now I'm learning to see the same as you. Symptoms are a blessing, but it's still a struggle. Um, when I get symptoms, I'm realizing it's my body to tell me to slow down and to not speed up and to not ignore it. So and that, yeah, that part really never goes away. This week, I got a little ahead of myself with pushing myself super hard in the gym, not eating enough, doing too many things. And I told Jeff on Tuesday at 7 p.m., like, I'm going to bed. I have overdone it. My body is letting me know. I just felt some lymph nodes swelling. I felt tired. I felt kind of sicky. Yeah. And I just really took it easy for one day. And then I was back in the game. Whereas before, it takes us quite a while to recover, right? Yeah, for sure. And our bodies, you describe this phenomenon so well. It's like we're stuck in this energetic cycle of do more, be more, achieve more that really society indoctrinates us into. And then so that we have that energetic part. And then we also have like all the things that's ever happened to us that are not our fault, all the traumas and the hurts we've been through. And I know that that's been a big part of your journey. So as much or as little as you want to say, Abby, what has your trauma healing been like along your journey? Yeah, Um, truly, I see myself as a different person now. So I have mourned my past self and the things I used to be able to do. Mm. Um, But I don't need to be that person anymore. I don't have to try to be that person. Um, 
that person was driven by an unhealthy culture, fast, do more, do this, do that. Um, I can't move my body the same way I used to. I used to run half marathons. I can't do that anymore. Um, I can't work the same way I used to. I can't see 20 patients a day every day. I don't have the energy for that. You want to do that though? <laughs> Is that a lot? <laughs> no. yeah. um, the body knows this alignment. Yeah. I can't eat the same foods. I can't go to the same social outings. And these are all things maybe society defines as successful. So I have to redefine my success from my perspective. Mm. Um, that's how I'm learning to have a stronger mind. So I don't have to be that person that achieves everything. How can I be more gentle with myself? Um, What are my actual values? Not the values of what we think everyone else wants. Um, What does my soul want? Um, So you're just, you're so much deeper than the outward things that you do or that you are on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm learning to slow down just in general. (laughs) It's hard for me. I still struggle. Yeah, it's really hard. It's hard for me too. Yeah. But, um, I don't always have to be hurrying for the next thing for that to be a marker of my success. I can have a slow day if I want to, I can have a morning routine. I can waste time if I want to waste time, but it's not a waste of time if you're getting something out of it. So if you're healing, yeah. You know, when I travel to other countries and do retreats, um, autoimmune disease exists all over the world, but there's a lot of places that I've been to, especially in more indigenous and ancient cultures that have their really strong to their roots and really live with the earth. And I talk to them about autoimmune disease and they are like, what? I'm like, you know, you're kind of stressed and you're kind of sick and you can't eat foods that make you feel sick. And they're like, what? They just look at me and I'm like, okay, the more traveled I am, the more I see as the United States really taking, taking the prize on this one. Yep. And so, so yeah. And we're, and there's people like you, Abby, that are helping us. Like you talk about this mindset shift around chronic illness. Like what, tell me more. So like, I guess I'm talking about society in general when I say this, but we have all these ideas that are implanted in our brain at a young age. And we have to learn how do we shift this you know, to something better for your mindset. Yeah. So some of these thoughts could be like, if you're not busy, you're a failure. Your worth isn't measured by your performance or your accolades or what you've achieved. Um, if you go faster, you can do more things and you'll mm-hmm. be better. Yeah. <laughs> like I will be successful if X, Y, Z, like it's a never ending search. You're never, it's never enough. You have to do more. So how do you shift that? To something healthy because that's not healthy right <laughs> right it's hard though it's like what literally we're indoctrinated with yeah um so it's easy to talk about it's really really hard to shift your mindset um it's not toxic positivity so it's not just saying oh i'll just be happy all the time and positive about things you have to actually go through the trauma and the thoughts um, to get to the other side there's a lot of tears along this healing journey, huh? Yeah. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> it's hard. And you have to unlearn things. Um things that just aren't true to you or to groups of people that you were taught. Just I don't know. Yeah. And you've learned you've in- developed this incredible self-awareness. And I love the way that you touch on, it's not just toxic positivity. Like you, in order to heal it, you literally have to go through it And the body love that you bring up energy healing is the body. When our, our nervous system is like a circuit board. And if we're going through a trauma or a stressor, that's too intense, that circuit board flips. So it's like the breakers going off in your room. If you have like the space heater, the hairdryer, the fan, and like the boom box all plugged in, like it's just too much power. So it flips your nervous system flips when there's a, a, a trauma trigger. And then your body stores that experience until we get back in the nervous system and the somatic body and the subconscious. And we have to relive it yeah. to release it. And, and you went through, I mean, an incredible energy healing session where I 
as much or as little you want to share, like, I felt like so much shifted and you left behind a lot that day and cause, cause you went through it and then it was gone. Yeah. And it's like, so out of my normal comfort zone, but I did it because I yeah. know it would help. But I, it was like the most powerful thing. One of the most powerful things I think I've ever experienced. Um, basically, I met a relative that I hadn't, they died when I was about six months old. So I didn't know them. I walked with them and I released things that I realized I had been storing probably my entire life. And I learned that things were kind of generational. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just lifted so much weight off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say it was very life-changing. Yeah. So- I have been with clients through many, many energy healing sessions just by the the number of clients that I see. And I remember pieces of everyone, but in the session that you're referring to Abby, like, and we just had one and that's sometimes all it takes. Like we were there. I I just remember their room feeling like a different time and location and space, like a different era, even we came out of it. We were like, Whoa. And I looked at you and I was like, are we on earth? Is it 2022 or 2023? I don't remember the month, but, um, and you had a glow. And since then, I really noticed that you're, and you, I'll let you speak to this, like things have shifted to say yeah. the least. I would say like during that energy healing session, I felt every emotion there was to feel mm. in a weird way. Like I felt sad. I felt lost. I felt happy, overjoyed just, and it was a rush of all these things at once. You felt every single emotion in that session, you've been through it. You're on the other side and going to the other side of healing. So what have you learned from chronic illness? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I would say um, confidence in a different way. Um, letting go of control and then reevaluating my thoughts of comparison. Um, so with confidence, I guess it's really learning how to set boundaries, healthy boundaries for yourself. Yes. It's easy to like feel guilty and shame and all these other feelings. Um, boundaries are yeah. so important in chronic illness. And one thing that I've seen as a phenomenon is Epstein-Barr and these infections that we deal with in our body really thrive in an energy field that hasn't fully established a healthy ego and a healthy boundaries. And when we grow up in environments that push those boundaries, as you know, we're, we're dealing and and living with people who haven't quite done their healing journey yet. Like that, it takes a toll on our physicality and our energy field. And so we're in chronic illness, almost everyone I've ever worked with and myself included in chronic illness. Like we, we have to relearn those things, right. From what you're experiencing, like those boundaries. I love what you say about confidence. What's another thing maybe that you've learned? So letting go of control, just the feeling that um, it's my fault if something doesn't go as I want it to go. Um, There isn't much you can control with chronic illness. It feels like a lot of your choices have been taken away. Yeah. It's like doctors make decisions for us sometimes. Um. So like to counteract all this, I need to f- focus on what I do have control of. Mm-hmm. I have control of the choices I make, like the food I eat. Yeah. Um, and I can still be sick, even if I'm doing all the right things. It's not my fault. Um, I just have to work through it, basically. Yeah. Well, not compare yourself, right? Yeah. So I, I'm guilty of it. A lot of people are gu- guilty of it. I think it goes along with our culture, kind of. Mm-hmm. just comparing yourself to other people but with chronic illness I started comparing myself to my past self and it's like well I could do this before why can't I do this now yeah. um, you feel like you could be that person again if you do the right things but really you can't you don't have the energy or the mental capacity you don't want to be that person if you're that person you're going to end up back in the hospital you know um, yeah 
So I just like, I do catch myself thinking this way and I just try to like ground myself back into who I am now, the progress I've made and what I'm working towards. I love that you say that with comparison. I mean, it, you'll be past it and then it will sneak up on you. It found me this week when I was pushing myself too hard and I'm like, we're all running our own race. We're all in our own journey. We're just on these like parallel soul lives that we're, it's like, we're all in our little snow globes, our own little cars, and we're just waving to the person next to us. Yeah. So what would your big takeaway be for, for your journey? Yeah. So like always, there's going to be good days and bad days. It's a roller coaster of up and down. But if I do these things and work, I, the direction will be up. I will be healing, but I can't sit back and let life happen for me. I have to kind of take control of it. So yes. And it, it control in a new sense. And yeah. you you're so committed to your nutrition, which I know is a huge part of your healing. And you're doing more than that. So what like what are you doing nowadays? What can you share with those listening of like some methods that help keep you well and help keep your body healing and your energy field healing? Yeah. So um, I remember in your podcast, I think it was last week, you talked about writing books when you were young and like getting back to your inner child. Yes. I wrote books when I was young too. I wrote a book about a horse and a book about a butterfly, like for real. <laughs> butterfly books too? Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like our little inner child selves were just like our soul was, as children yeah. were so impressionable, like the spirit and the soul can speak so well. And we're just like, to, to ourselves. We probably wrote that book about ourselves being like, you're going to be a butterfly. You're going to go through this metamorphosis. I like with rocks too. It's crazy. But in rocks, you yeah. liked. I still have rocks. I have a whole rock collection, but. Did you uh, like the crystal rocks especially? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But <laughs> back to um, books, I guess. Daily journaling. I, I like to keep kind of what I'm doing day to day. And then what's my big intention? Like, what am I working towards in this point of my life? So yeah. just writing um, for myself, not for anyone else, but just like for me. What's been one intention you've written about this week? Um, I've been thinking about the word joy a lot. So mm -hmm. how can I create joy in myself and in others? Mm -hmm. um, so just, I don't know, like choosing to see the good. Yeah. I've been thinking about a lot recently, but... <laughs> I love that. What else? I like yoga. I've always liked yoga. I've started meditating more and getting more into it, but it, it was hard to me. It was hard for me to like sit down for five minutes and not think about anything. So it's, yeah. I'm like training myself to like slow down and actually think. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Meditation can be a hard one for me. And as we're talking about in these concurrent episodes at the time, this will air, we're talking about the moon and women's hormones and just a little plug here. There are some times of the month when our energy is more inclined to, and Abby, you know, you describe yourself as more as an introvert. So it might not be such a problem for you, but around the full moon, I feel really active and busy and harder to meditate. And then around the new, I'm like, oh, I could do a meditation and yeah. I get a lot more um, depth out of it. So, well, then let me cut you off. You, I know you have a list. So you talked about the journaling, the intentions, meditation, yoga. What are some of your other tools, your hacks? Yes, energy healing is huge. So I would say at least once um, more if you need to release more, but it was really powerful for me. Um, just generally like slowing down in everything, just like take it slow. What are you like in the rush for? Yeah, <laughs> we're like rushing to the end of our lives and then we're going to get there right. and like, oh, now we die. Okay, so enjoy the journey. I love that. Enjoy the journey and then like put yourself first. Like. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the biggest ones, but just like, what is best for me today? Is taking a nap best for me? Great. I'll take a nap. Like not feeling guilty. Well, we live in this culture and we're indoctrinated with this patriarchal rhetoric that like you have to just give, give and give and be the wellspring for others. But really like if we're not full, we can, we don't serve at the capacity we can. I know that if I didn't have this crazy, rigorous, similar self-care routine, Abby, as you're describing, like when you came into my office and when we met on Zoom, 
you wouldn't have had the transformation through me, could have found it through someone else. But if I was the person that you were resonating with, because I would have been dry and had nothing more to give. And society's like, just run, run it dry. You'll find you don't, you don't need to worry about you, but like, yes, put yourself first. I feel like I could put all the clapping emojis after this. So hard, but it's so important, but it gets easier when you practice it, I would and, say. And it's worth it. You're noticing the changes. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, thank you, Abby. Okay. So as we're wrapping up this episode, and I know you want to leave our listeners with hope on their very own healing journey. What do you want to tell them? I would say, remember that your journey is yours, not anyone else's. Everyone is unique and healing looks different for people individually. It's not one size fits all. Small changes really can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, I am healing. I am finding inner peace, inner strength. I'm improving my thoughts. Um, so if you have Crohn's or colitis and just like want to talk, I'm happy to talk more about things. <laughs> I feel like it's a kind of a big community of people that I didn't yeah. know. So I'm happy to talk about things if you want. <laughs> um, and if anyone has chronic symptoms that's listening, I recommend listen to your body and actually do something about it. I didn't, and it turned really bad before it got better. Mm-hmm. Um, I ignored my body for a long time because I thought it was tough and it would pass. But really, and I would say this is different in different parts of your life, so it might change in the future. But for me right now, a combination of Western and Eastern medicine is working. Um, and I can definitely say I wouldn't be where I am today without you, Jen. Thanks for just sharing your journey and, and allowing me to be a part of it. And the hope and the message you gave us today in this podcast is, is really precious and taking us in the middle of your journey. And thank you for being honest and vulnerable and raw and being like, here are the pieces that is really transformed. And here are also the days where I'm at, you know, it, it can be a thing for those of us who are doing well and we we want we strive in life to not be honest with not only ourselves but others about how we're really doing so thank you for that i love that i'm going to link this community's facebook group in the show notes for those who might want to get in touch with abby so you're not having to field all these personal requests and you can join the community and then when you listen to this podcast make sure you post in there and you can connect i know there's there's abby and a lot of other men and women in that community who can talk about their experience so abby you were such a gift thank you for sharing your story and we'll see everyone next week thank you